Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. This is Darren. And today we're going to be talking about games we've been playing lately in the snow. Not games that we've played in the snow, but while it's been snowing, we're going to be sharing some news items. And we have a Meeple Town Hall where we talk about board game New Year resolutions. So thanks for joining us as we seek to build community through board gaming. This is episode 159. Residents of Meeple Town, what's the coldest you've ever been? I say that because I'm sitting here in my office where the heat is out. There's icicles hanging from the ceiling. It is a it is a meat locker in here as we're trying to record this episode. I don't know where you are in the world or if you know, but there are several parts of the United States that have had Arctic storms this last week or two. We've had snow. We've had ice. We've had all this kinds of uh, negative temperatures. I know here in Indiana... Dean, we got down to like negative 30 uh, earlier in in the week. Uh, how's it down there in the great uh, white-covered south uh, in Tennessee where you are? Was that wind chill? That was actual wind chill negative 30? That was the wind chill. The, the, the actual temperature was negative in the single digits, and then the wind chill took it to like negative 30. Okay. I've been in weather that cold. You're, you asked the question, what's the coldest you've been? Mm-hmm. I can think of a couple times. One, well, this is like a frequent thing. Growing up in Michigan, we would do the whole jump in the snow, jump in the hot tub thing. We did that a lot, I feel like. But I, when I was in college, I went on spring break to New York to go work, which is where you go spring break, right? You go up to New York in the beginning of March. It was negative 20-something in the wind chill, but we were working, we, I was working at a camp helping to rebuild some bathrooms and it was, it was quite cold because we were underneath and cutting out the old copper plumbing that was in there and replacing it. And it was really cold with that breeze coming underneath the cabins. It was, that was something. That's the coldest I remember in recent, uh, recent tw- college was not recent years. This was, that's what I say, man. I don't know if you realize <laughs> 20 years ago. Actually, I was probably actually maybe right out of college, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds dreadful. The the one time that I went to New York over spring break there in March, it was down in the 20s or so when it snowed. So I think that's just what that's just what happens. Um, but yeah, now the, the benefit of it being so cold and kind of being snuggled up indoors is that it opens the door for lots of chances for board gaming, Dean. What's um your total up to now since y'all been snowed in down there? <laughs> I did text you and I told him, didn't I? I think I did. I think so. I think so. I was telling, so I ran into Johnny Meepletown and we were talking and, and he's been out of work as well for the past week. And he's like, yeah, I got some good gaming in this week. And before you had a chance to say how many games, I said, yeah, we played 20, I think it was 26 games this past week. And he was like, oh, mine was like six or seven. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, I rained on your parade. That was not my intention. But Just, I was, it never happens to me. I never get weeks like that. So I was, I was pretty pumped. Game shamed him. How dare you? <laughs> I, I was not even close to that. I was more like Johnny Meeple Towns, you know, had like six or seven, but it was good quality stuff. Um, but, but since you're like, you know, touting your um, gaming quantity champion banner over there, why don't you tell us about a few that you've been playing here lately? Well, this was, before we start that, you know, jumping into my New Year resolution, I'm going to say it before we get to the banter, or before we get to that that segment, 
my my New Year's resolution is to shame other people that don't play as many games as I do. And so so far, I'm off to a great start. This is I'm crushing, <laughs> crushing the soul. You, you, you said that as I was taking a drink of coffee, I about shot it all over my computer. <laughs> That was perfect. And, and oh. one more disclaimer before uh, the game shamer starts talking. Uh, if you do hear a noise in the background of this recording, it is I've got a space heater in my office blowing because I can't move my fingers or my toes. So uh, I'm wearing my heavy coat. It's kind of making some swishy sounds. So if you hear word noise, that's what it is. Hopefully this is a shorter episode so I don't freeze to death. Dean, take it away. Well, it's I'm looking out the window right now. We have no <laughs> snow. I think it's almost 50 outside. Something like that's that. That's awesome. All right. I'm going to talk about a couple of games that I played, um, but they weren't snow related. So this was actually right before we had our big snow break. The, I think the day after I played this first one, it, it came the big snowfall. But if you remember way back to episode 158, I believe it was, which was last episode. Last episode? Yes, I think that's right. We talked about our... Top five shelf mm-hmm. of opportunity games. Is that right? Yep. One of the games on the list was Yido Deluxe Master Set. And in my mind, I think I mentioned in that episode that Steven was coming over to play some games with me and I was going to play something with him. My plan originally was to play Alien Frontiers, which was the other game, another game on my list. But instead, I pulled out Yido Deluxe Master Set because Steven and I are huge Lords of Waterdeep fans, and this one gets compared to that. Yido, the initial game was Yido, just regular Yido that came out some time ago. Yido Deluxe Master Set came out in 2020, and this is like a beautiful version of the game. 2012 is when the initial game came out. So 2020, the Deluxe Master Set came out. Really high-quality components. You get metal coins in there. You've got uh, some wooden pieces. You have some cool screen printed meeples and like custom looking meeples as well. It's 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 a beautiful production. The board is very pretty, but also very busy. But in this game, you are trying to fulfill missions. Now, in the box, there's lots of stuff. Okay, you've got uh, maybe three expansions in there, something along those lines, maybe more but they don't add a ton. Um, They do add a lot, but it's not like these crazy huge expansions. It's more like modules, I guess. Um, We played with some stuff, but not a lot of extra stuff. And, um, but anyway, in this game, you've got these mission cards that you're trying to complete and you complete them by going to worker placement spots, getting the resources that you need to complete them. And then uh, going to the locations where those cards are, where those missions are, and completing them. So, for example, you might go to the church location and steal money out of the collection box or something along those lines, like a ninja. Um, you are ninjas in this game. <laughs> and uh, not not the most thematic, um, although I do love seeing what the missions are. And the stuff that you use to go towards those missions, are they relate to it, I guess. Like, you have to get certain types of weapons. You have to have certain locations that you control or, or have um kind of a, a presence in and and then you can go to locations and and do the different missions really it feels i didn't mention so it's worker placement but you also have this auction piece at the beginning of each round and you're bidding on these different spots to be able to take certain actions that you can also take out on the board for worker placement but they're cheaper 
if you win the auction often if you if you don't spend a lot of money it's cheaper and it gives you more options of being able to get those those items like new workers or uh action cards or bonus cards where you get in-game scoring uh lots of other stuff okay there's also event cards that pop up and do different things throughout the game some good some bad the good thing about the deluxe master set is there's lots of customization in it and so some of the mission cards that I play in this game will be vastly different than the other ones, which means you're controlling some of like the player interaction in that as well. This game sometimes is considered a mean game, but you can have it as a less mean game based on the cards that you're using uh, that you can choose to put from the box into the game. And that is the gist of how the game plays. So again, placing, doing an auction, placing workers, completing missions, and getting the most points at the end of the game. Have you have you played Lords of Waterdeep or this, Darren? I have not, but I do like okay. ninjas. Okay, all right. Well, that's uh, you're qualified to play this game. <laughs> okay. Um, I okay. After reading the book, and I picked this up used uh, last year, maybe year and a half ago, something like that. I after reading everything, I was like, I don't know if I'm really going to like this one a ton, especially because it gets called mean. We didn't have that experience because of the cards that we had in the game. But the uh, there's also you you go to these different locations and take the actions. But there's also this piece that's moving around the board, and if it ends up in the district where you want to take an action, then you can't take that action. And in fact, if mm-hmm. you have a certain amount of meeples, you they get arrested and you lose them. You can buy them back, but you you lose the ability to use them until you buy them back. That was a part that I was like, oh, I don't know about this either. But that it just gave you an extra layer of something to think about. You can control it a little bit, but we didn't have any of the action cards that allowed us to really move that around and, and change it very much. But we both came away from this game thinking we really like it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And that was without playing some of the other modules that I think would have really even helped it more. The one where you get these special meeples that do different things. Um, so they're not just taking the actions, but they also get special actions themselves. Had we played with those, I think we would have liked it even better. Some of the other sets of cards may have intrigued us a little more too. We played the short version of the game. If we played the long version and had the bigger missions, I think we would have liked it even better. We both really liked this. Steven said he gave it about an eight and I was probably around that too, with the potential of it going higher because of there being a lot of content in the box. Cool. Looks like, looks exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm really uh, maybe surprise isn't the right word. I'm really pleased, really pleased with this one. I'm glad I picked this one up, and I want to get it played with a higher player count. I don't think two is the best player count. There's there's more stuff with the auctioning that would be better with more players. Um, but at the same time, the auctioning piece isn't really huge. It's pretty quick, quicker than I would than I was thinking it would be in a good way. Like I'm glad it wasn't this huge long out auction for these different worker placement spots or different action spots. Yeah. Yeah. Good game. Good game. Really like this one. I want to get it to the table more. And that was Yido deluxe master set and checking one off of my shelf of opportunity. Four more to go. Boom. I feel like we need some kind of a confetti sound effect for every time we, Get one of those off the list. Can you do some research Ooh, on that? I could. I don't have much time to edit this one, but I would love to do that. That'd be cool. That'd be great. All right. Well, this was one that not on my shelf of opportunity list, but this was on my 
I want to say most anticipated games for Essen, of which we did not attend. But if we had, this would have been one that I would have sought out. This is a new release from Freedom and Frieza and 2F Spiele. This is Freaky Frogs from Out of Space. If you're unfamiliar with this interesting looking title, uh, this is a solo game. And it, it says it plays 25 to 50 minutes. I can guarantee you it might play in less than 25, and it definitely can play longer, much longer than 50 minutes. This is a pinball game with a deck of cards. That's it. It's just a box with a deck of cards and a few tokens. There's this poster that you can unfold that sort of shows you the uh, the pinball machine board, shows you the areas of the board. And in the game, you have a, a hand of five cards, and you have to play cards in a sense to keep the ball going or you lose it. You don't need the poster with a little pinball token. Uh, it maybe helps you just to kind of visually see what you're doing that first game or two. But after that, you really don't need it as long as you can kind of keep the that kind of the, the table, the layout of the machine there in your head. So you've got these five cards. And each card you play is going to tell you uh, how many cards you need to draw. You have a hand limit of seven. Uh, unless you unlock the multi-ball, and then everything changes. There's lots of different rule changes when when you get to the multi-ball. But basically, you have various different types of, of cards. You have flipper cards, like a red flipper or yellow flipper, uh, or double flippers. You have multiples of all of these. You have these frogs cards, which are like the rolling targets at the very top of the table. You know, the ball rolls over and you score some points for those. When you spell out stuff, you get bonuses. So you've got those cards. You've got bumper cards that you can play. Uh, of different colors. And as long as you're playing different colors of those, you can keep playing bumper cards in, uh, in consecutive orders. And when you hit a bumper, uh, the ball can go up or down because the direction of the ball is very important because again, how the ball is moving will sort of determine what cards you can or cannot play. Uh, there's ramp cards that you have to play um, or that you have to play in coinciding with the right colored flipper. You've got these ray and these gun cards that are all spelled out with the letters, there are these almost like um, uh, little special tabs on the side of the machine that you can hit. And when you spell out the whole word ray or gun, you get bonuses. You've got lock cards that when you get three of those, you can unlock the multi-ball. You can rack up tons of points, uh, especially as you do certain things. You can increase your multiplier and multi-balls and all those things. There's at least three rounds of this, three balls that you're going to play unless you um, do certain things that can unlock an extra ball. Then you might get a fourth round. Uh, it, it's wild. I'm not going to try to explain too much of it. You just kind of have to to see it uh, to, to play it. But just know you're playing cards to move the ball around, to score points, to bounce it around the, the pinball table. Um, looking at this, this was a lot of fun. I did not know how I would feel about this. I picked it up fairly cheap. And reading through it, it was not my favorite rule book at all. And so eventually I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to read the rule for the certain cards that come up in my hand that I'm going to play because I'm really not getting this. But the more I played it, the more I looked through it, the more it made sense. It can kind of be a little hard to go through at first. But, uh, but I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I thought it would just be like a little lark, you know, to go on. But I, I kind of keep coming back to this and keep thinking about it. It's super weird. It's not like it's all that complicated. It's a simple solo game, but there's lots of little things to do while you're, while you're playing. And again, you can you might be done. The flippers don't come out in your hand. Uh, you use your auto save, and you're just you're done in a few minutes. The first time I played this, I think I scored seven thousand points. 
Second time I played it, I played for a few hours and I scored 180 something thousand points. And so it's, wow. it's wild. You just don't know. It's one that I really, I wouldn't pull out unless I knew that I could leave it up on my table just in case it ran long. <laughs> but uh, on, on, the, on our past play and purchase scale, this one is a purchase because you can pick it up pretty cheap. If you like pinball and you like kind of pressure luck and some simple solo games, just a boom, 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 entertain the brain. Um, it's a blast. I, I recommend it a lot. And it looks freaky. It's got, you know, your typical uh, Freedom and Frieza. Everything's green and it's got some wild cartoon drawings on there. But uh, it's 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 super slick and sharp. I like it a lot. Yeah, it looks exactly like you would like any of the the Freedom and Freeze games. I, I'm, yep, I had zero interest in this before. Even when you told <laughs> me about it, you know, you I think you call. We were talking the day that you played it, or sometime around uh-huh. that. I was like, I don't know. But I'm looking at it now. It looks cool. It looks cool. I I want to try this. I'm not even a huge pinball fan, but I would say uh, it's, again, you could probably find it for like maybe $14 or something on Game Nerds, I think is where I found it, uh, which is well worth it. You'll get your money's worth out of that in in no time. That is Freaky Frogs from Outta Space, O-U-T-A Space. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you're on BoardGameGeek.com and you type in Freaky Frogs, it's going to autofill for you because there's no other game that even starts with that. (laughs) <laughs> exactly why would there be <laughs> all right the next game i'm going to talk about is a digital game and this actually could fall in the news category but i am not going to put it in the news category i'm going to talk about it here in games i've been playing because i've been playing it a lot this is the long awaited for me anyway dominion app Now, this one is not out yet, but it will be soon. February 1st is going to be the release of this. Now, listen up, Darren. You ready? I'm ready. ready Bring it. I'm sorry. You weren't doing jock jams. My bad. (laughs) Jock jams. (laughs) You don't hear that that talked about enough these days. But at the second time this year, I've talked about jock jams. Already? This year is only three weeks old. (laughs) So maybe more to come. All right. So. February 1st, this is going to be released on Steam, iOS, Android. You've got all 15 expansions for this, including some promo material on there. It's going to support five to six players. You also have on those different platforms, you have cross-platform that you can play. You have AI, you've got pass and play, playing, uh, there's matchmaking, like ranked matchmaking um, that will set up for you. So like you... When you play, it'll put you with people that, if you want to play with people online, then it'll put you with people that are a little, a little uh, closer to your, uh, your speed. You know, the the your competitiveness or your uh, ability to play this game well. But I have been playing this game. I'll say first off, I've been playing like beta version of this for a while, and it's gotten better and better. It, uh, the start of this was it's been it's been a while. This has been a long time coming. Maybe like two years or something of of developing this. I I believe that's right. It's been a while of developing and I've played different iterations of this. I'm telling you what, Darren, the final iteration of this is fantastic. I love it Mm -hmm. so, so much. And I can't wait right now. I've been playing it. um, I'm still kind of playing the beta version of it. Although I'm hoping to grab the iOS version when this comes out on February 1st. And then I'm going to talk about it a little bit more uh, so this is more of a, a, a teaser, but I've heard, you've heard people talk recently about, oh, I wish there was a Dominion app. 
ah, this, yep, this is how you get your Dominion fix if you're like me and love all things Dominion, but you don't get to play it as much as you would like to play it. This is great because you can set up in Dominion sometimes can be a bit of a bear because you're grabbing all these different decks and getting everything in order and all that. This, you just hit some buttons, pick which decks you want or do it all randomly and it sets it up for you. You play the game in about, you know, what, five, 10 minutes or something like that. Really quick games. Oh, it's so fun. So, so fun. I highly recommend it. Now, here's the thing I don't know. Uh, maybe if I dug farther. I don't have the price on here. I think, oh goodness, I had this stuff pulled up earlier and then I closed it and now I can't remember what it was. Um, I think you can play the like the initial version. There's a, a free-to-play, um, which I think includes the base game. I don't know if that's all of the base game, but it includes, there's a free to play version with this. And then you pay for the expansions and I don't have the prices listed on those from this email that I got from them, but yep, it's, it's good. It's really good. This is from temple gate games and they've done other really fun online games that I've played the, um, uh, race for the galaxy. Uh, I keep closing my tabs, Darren, what's happening. Stop it. (laughs) Um, yep. I'm not showing them on here. Um, table gate games. Yeah. Are you, do you have it pulled up? Well, no, I do not, but I was going to ask you just to kind of buy you some time while you pull your, your tabs back up. You've only played this solo though, right? Uh, yeah, I've only been playing against the AI. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. As you're talking about this, and this is one, everyone knows that I'm not a huge digital gamer, nor am I a dominion fan, but uh, when you're talking about this has all the expansions and stuff in there, this is one I am really interested to try because I feel like if I was going to play a game like this, that might be the way to go. And that's the type of game that I might come into and play the app. Because probably if there's an app that I've played the most of, it would be something like Star Realms, you know, another deck builder. So I feel like... Um, if we come back after February 1st and it launches and you do a little more fuller uh, spiel on it, hopefully by then I have something to add to that. And you know that if I like this, it's going to be golden. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope that's the case. And I tend to like the shorter app games myself overall. I, I just think, I don't know, they appeal to me a little bit more. Templegate Games. Uh, you can go to their website, templegategamesgatesgames.com. They have Dominion, Race for the Galaxy, Roll for the Galaxy, Shards of Infinity. All of those are really, really well done implementations of the game. Roll for the Galaxy, I've played the most out of those online. Uh, But I know J-Bell, the J-Bell, has played Shards of Infinity. I think he said he's played over a thousand times. I think that's right. And a lot of it's been through the app. I know he and John, uh, Johnny Meepletown, uh, I don't know if they still do, but they had a period of time where they were playing that game a lot and... It's well done. Temple Gates game games knocks it out of the park on these digital implementations, and they put a lot of effort and love into making them. So I'm super pumped for everyone to get their hands on this because I think this is my favorite of all of those. Roll for the Galaxy being a close second, but Dominion, there's just so, so much content. I mean, think about it. You've got 15 expansions of this game. And you only use 10 decks out of each of those. Like each game, you only use 10 decks. Um, The first game, like the original base box, I think had 26. Is that right? 26 decks. 
And so you will never run out of content for this game. I mean, you wouldn't even with a couple of the expansions and you can kind of pick and choose what you want. Although you're probably, if you're a fan like me, you're going to want all of this stuff. So yeah, good. I mean, it's, it sounds loaded. We shall wait and see. Yeah, so that is next week. Next week is the release of Dominion app from Temple Gates Games. Check it out. The last game we'll be talking about from our recent plays is one that I was excited to finally get to play. It's a 2023 game. I've heard so many people talk about it. Been lots of, of hype and conversation around this game. This is Forest Shuffle. This is designed by uh, Kosh, K-O-S-C-H, and published by Lookout Games. This is the first game that they've done in their green line set of games where everything is um, ecologically friendly. It's uh, produced on FSC certified paper, and they're trying to avoid using plastic altogether on this. And so it's, again, kind of fitting given the, the nature of the game, this is a two to five player game, plays in about 40 to 60 minutes. It's a tableau builder, you know, that's, it's just one huge deck of cards and you've got this thin market board that sits out on the table called the clearing and that's in between the players and you're just trying to build the most productive or ecologically balanced habitat for all the various flora and fauna. And it's super simple. On your turn, you're going to draw two cards from the deck and or from the clearing out in front of you or... You're going to play a card into your tableau area, your forest there in front of you by paying its cost in other cards from your hand to the clearing. So if you're going to play play a tree that costs two cards, you take two other cards from your hand, you put them out there in the clearing, and then you put your tree down there in front of you. And when the clearing has uh, 10 cards or more in it, then it's cleared and all those cards are gone. They go away, they go back to the box. And so... Uh, as you think about this, this game is oftentimes compared a lot to uh, Terraforming Mars or Ark Nova or Earth because it's got those cards with the tags and icons and all those things that are going to be used for those chaining bonuses. For, so for those of you who like those types of games, maybe Everdale, where you can chain cards and just bonus, bonus, bonus for having these different types of cards, this will be your game. Some of the various cards you see in the game, you've got these trees because, you know, you can't see the forest without the trees. And the, uh, all the other cards outside of trees are split. Uh, they're two-sided either. Like they're split right down the middle and you've got a left and right side, like an le- animal on the left, an animal on the right, or they're split right across the middle. Uh, and you've got uh, some type of insect or bird on the top and some type of mushroom or fern or, you know, mole or some other underground dweller on the bottom of the card. And so, so um Each card, each animal on the card has its own cost. It'll have its own tag, its own potential bonus when you play it. And when you play the cards, you will tuck them behind the four sides of your tree card. So you might tuck it, you know, one in the top of the tree. So you see your little butterfly up there. You might tuck one card on the right-hand side. So you see your your fox and one on the left-hand side to see your little deer and stuff one up underneath to see your your mushroom down there. And, And that's it. Like, that's all you're doing. You're trying to build the the best forest out there and every single card is going to chain off something else like the foxes might score you 10 points if you have at least one roe deer in your forest and your roe deers might score you more points if you have other antlered animals in there your butterflies you might score you know 25 points if you have five different butterflies in there so it's all those different types of things and all your trees score differently 
there's lots to keep up with here. Um, I like this game, but we know we talked we talked about this before. These are not my favorite types of games where it's just like the tableau building and the combo and the chaining. I do like games like Everdale and Ark Nova and Terraforming Mars. I like the other stuff that you're doing around that, whether that be worker placement or interacting in other places. So I really have a lot of mixed feelings about this one. I'm going to give this again, pass play purchase. This is definitely a play for me. This is a very high play and that, that might change. It is one that I thought, oh, well, that was fun. That was cool. But it's also one that I want to go back and play more because there are so many different types of combos you can choose. Every card you have to put in the clearing to pay for the card you're playing, almost every one you're thinking, ah, oh, I wish I could keep that card because I want to play that one later. And so sometimes you put those cards out in the clearing, hoping you can get them back, but ah, your opponent snatches them away from you or they put down 10 cards in the clearing and, and they're all gone. So it's got that tension that I do enjoy and that kind of stuff is really fun. So this is one that, that I will come back to. Uh, there's so many combos. I really want to see what they all do. I love those juicy decisions. Um, it's very cute. It's very clever. You have any interest in this one, Dean? Yeah, I I hear a lot of conversation going on about this one in different circles. Uh, and this one's on Board Game Arena. I was actually double checking, okay, but I've not played it. And so uh, this is a good time to plug the Meeple Town group on. Uh, on board game arena we've got a group of people that like to play games on there and uh basically what we'll do is somebody will find a game they want to play oftentimes it's games that they love or games that they really just want to learn how to play that's what i'm in a couple right now forest shuffle might be one that i have to throw out there unless somebody's listening and they get ahead of me on this one feel free to throw out a game of forest shuffle and i will join that because it looks it looks cool i love the look of it i think the the Mm -hmm. art's really pretty I do love the look. I love the theme. The only thing that I could see might be a problem in BGA is I wonder if you're able to see what your opponents are doing. Not that you have to do that in this game, but it does help when you can see kind of what they're, what they may be working towards and what they're collecting, because there's only so many of each card in there. And depending on your player count, you have to remove certain cards. So there's never perfect information. And so it, it would help to know potentially what they're collecting for and what they're going for. And so if you can't see that on BGA, that might, it might not be the full experience for you. You just Um, need to see the tableau, right? Yeah. You've got to see yours and potentially theirs. Not that you can read everything that they're doing, but it is helpful because you are competing for some of these. There's not a whole lot to go around, especially with cards removed from it. So just a word of warning. Yeah. I, I can't imagine you wouldn't be able to see the information and it has a log too showing what the players did like okay so if i'm playing asynchronously and i'm taking my turns and like the next day you take your turn or whatever i can go back and look at the log and see what you did which helps sweet yeah i'll i'll check this one out uh so meeple town residents of meeple town on board game arena definitely let's get a game or two started of that one um while we were on the um Talking about games that we've not played, let's let's just move on to the news. See here now, that's the news. See, remember at last episode and the episode before that of the news episodes where I said I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna double down and do it more. I quit. That? See. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, I've got a couple news items, wow. um, two today that I'm going to talk about. I'll start with one, Darren will do one, and then I will do one, and then Darren will do another. How about that? I might do an extra one, you never know. Okay, all right. Here is one, I don't even know if this is big news, but it was news to me. And here's the thing, that's okay. That's good enough. That's good enough for me. Um, Let's do, yeah, we'll do this one first. So this is going to be Catan news. This may have, I may have thrown off the uh, the flow of this, Darren. I'm not looking at the notes right now. Yeah, yeah, Catan. <laughs> you don't care. Oh, All right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Catan Starfarer's Duel. Okay, now the best I could tell, there was information coming out about this about 10 months ago. So that's not hot news. But when you look on Board Game Geek, there's like nothing. Nothing other than, hey, this is cool. This game's coming out. When's it going to come out? Q1 2024, they say. And so this game is now... I, I The reason why I saw it is because the Catan uh, Facebook page, I think, posted a video or posted a picture of them opening up a box with Starfair's Duel. And I was like, what is this? I had never heard of it. And my wife and I recently played the card game, like the, uh, you know, regular Catan card game. And I thought maybe it fits in this category, but let me read the description of this. And then, and that's really all I know. There's not much information outside of their page, which is Catan.com slash Starfair slash dash duel. But it says embark on a new space adventure with, this advised and improved reboot of the 2001 fan favorite Starship Catan. Catan Starfarer's Duel is a two-player strategy game based on the Starfarer's universe. Players are going to explore new planets, gather resources, fight off pirate raids, and compete with each other to be the first to complete the council's missions. It's, uh, it says it's got new components, new and improved components, art, dice, it, it really, the art looks the same as Starfarer's does, and which is good. I, I really like the components of that. The ships on there uh, kind of reflect what the ships look like on Starfarer's. And it uh, looks like you can, like you got cardboard upgrades to your ship, and, and but all that's cardboard, not like the big plastic ships that you have in the original game. And then all these dials, you've got cards, these square cards. Looks really cool, but that's all the information I have on it. So... It's news, but it's not like far off news. It is, it's here now. You need to go check this out. I am going to check this out. I would love to get a play of this one because I I still like Catan. Starfarers is my favorite version of Catan, I think. I hear lots of good stuff about Starfarers. Uh, many people think that's kind of the best way to play. So sounds exciting yep. for those. If you like space, I think it is. And this is a two player because you can't play regular Catan two players. And uh, this is it. So check it out. Catan Starfarer's Duel. There you go. For some actual more recent news, Ravensburger has announced Disney Lorcana organized play. For those of you who get into that sort of thing, who love the organized play, the tournaments and all that jazz, uh, they have announced some more details on that, as well as the release dates for the new sets. Dean, I see your drool. I see your salivating there. Um, you can't wait for these next sets to, to, to hit the stores. What is the release date for the, for the next set for the C, whatever the, the third one to come out? Okay. So let's go to the, the set release dates first, and then just a few details they've given about the, the championships and organized play and all that. So the third set into the Inklands 
is going to hit your local gaming stores February 23rd, so here in about a month, and Ooh. then the big box stores uh, March 8th. I know some of the online retailers already have the some of their pre-orders up for Into the Inklands and are already sold out and all that stuff. So coming soon. The fourth set, which has not been named yet, is going to come out May 17th to local game stores and May 31st to mass retail. The fifth set is going to come out August 9th, uh, local game stores, mass retail, August 23rd. And then the sixth set, they've already committed to six sets of this. It's going to be November 15th uh, and November 29th. So again, you kind of see this three-month cycle. From what I understand, this is the same kind of cycle that Pokemon and other trading card games are following. And so this seems they're kind of leaning into this whole uh, trading card game um, rhythm. And even with some of the the championship stuff that's coming up, this sounds like Robinsberger is taking this fairly seriously. This won't just be a drop in the bucket. This kind of looks like they're, they are committed, at least for a good solid year on this. So, um, I hope it keeps here, going. I've, I've lost my excitement, but kind of. I'm going to pick up stuff from the third one because it looks really cool with the locations. Yeah. I'm super excited about that one. And I, I really like the game a lot. I think it's fun. Yeah, I, I walked by, I stupidly walked by that section in my local Walmart not long ago. And I saw they had a whole box of the Rise of the Floodborne booster packs. And I, I heard the voice. I heard Admiral Akbar in my brain saying, it's a trap. But I went over there anyway, ended up picking up three packs and like regretted it. I had a buyer's remorse. Like, why am I just picking up more packs? I've, I've got, you know, stuff that I need. Just wait, because I'm not doing all the deck building, all those types of things. Um, so I'm excited, though. I will pick up some more of the new stuff. I like how it looks. Some of the deck boxes and things are cool. They're leaning into the whole Robin Hood thing. Robin Hood's one of my favorite, you know, Disney cartoons from my childhood, so. That'll be fun. All the uh, uh, DuckTales and um, Dark... Was it Darkwing Duck? Was that the other DuckTales? Potentially. And... Uh, Tailspin, I think. Okay. DuckTales and Treasure Planet were three new things that were highlighting. Okay. Okay. I think yeah. in this set. Uh, yeah. I, I'm okay with the collectible, collectible aspect of this. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go whole hog and I haven't yeah. at all. Um, but I can see myself kind of doing what you're talking about is, um, you and I even talked about, you know, splitting a box every set or something like that. I don't know if That's I'm going to want to do that every three months, but I wouldn't mind doing it for this next set. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I forgot we did talk about that. I'm in on that. Yeah. It's, it's cool. I my biggest, I, I haven't looked in a while, so I, I can't really speak knowledgeably about this. I still want to pick up that the sorcerer Winnie the Pooh. Uh, play mat. I'd really like to grab that one. That You have that one, right? I do. I foolishly did not order you one as well. Um, That's why I brought it up, so I could yep. bring up your foolishness. Miniature Market uh, <laughs> lied to me. <laughs> they, uh, and here, here, okay, so here, if I had one beef, I don't want to get off on this again. The accessories and those types of things, I don't think they're doing any more reprints of. It doesn't seem likely. It's not in the near future. They're going to keep making the cards but as far as the other stuff goes, I don't know if they're making any more of that, unfortunately. But who knows? Maybe they will. Maybe when this third set hits, they'll bring back some of the older stuff. But as far as playmats and uh, the the portfolios and boxes and 
I've seen more sleeves. I'm not seeing more of the other stuff like play mats and portfolios. So who knows? But so it's not outrageous. I mean, you can pick up some of the stuff for about $50. I'd like those play mats, $50, $60. It is double the price. <laughs> right. More than but, double because they were like $19.99 when they came out. Okay. Okay. So that is, that is pretty high. But there's also the Etsy is doing some of the same graphics on some of the mats that you can get on there. Yeah. It's not the exact same official mat, but I just want something that has that graphic on there. So I might end up, yeah, it's hard to find any cheaper copies. Yep. I, I'm going to keep working at that one because I would really like to get that, that mat and maybe a couple yep. other ones. I'd like to have four mats, I guess, because we play four players sometimes. Yeah. Same. I, I thought I had that beast one, but then miniature market said they had oversold on that one. And so I was one of those that kind of got gypped on that deal. We'll see. We'll see if it ever comes back in stock. But for those of you that like the competitive scene real quick, they do have some set championships as far as, you know, they're going to start doing some championships based on one individual set. And the first one is going to be in April and that's going to be just on the into the Inklands set. And those are going to take place at approved local gaming stores. And if you win, you will get an exclusive stitch promo card. Dean, which just goes to show what you've always said, whoever's doing this game, love Stitch. <laughs> Stitch is everywhere. They love Stitch. <laughs> and if you're in the finals, you're going to get a Stitch playmat. So, you know. Uh, so from there, they've also announced a Disney Lorcana, a Disney Lorcana challenge. And this is going to be their first competitive circuit, which is going to launch in May. And those, whoever wins for that will qualify for regional events in North America and in Europe, because it seems that's the only two places where they're doing this right now. Those will take place at the end of 2024. That then will feed into the world championships, which will take place in 2025. So again, they're making commitments to try to do this thing right. From others that I know that are into this whole competitive scene, they say, this sounds pretty good. This sounds like what they ought to be doing. So We'll see what shakes yep. out of that. I'm not going to compete in any of this. <laughs> what, what about you? No, no, but I, it, it, in, I think it probably, it ensures more of a future, which I love, yeah. you know, so even if I'm not partaking in that, if I'm just picking up some packs along the way, I'm going to root for this to do really well, because those are the people that are actually really making, I, it, Dean is not, is not going to be the one that sustains this model, right? Like my, <laughs> right who I am like they're I'm not their target but the people that are playing in these tournaments those are the ones that I want to I want this to blow up so that there's more stuff available down the road so I'm yeah. I'm pumped about this love it I I hope that it's not just a you know a a one or two year thing but I hope this actually has some some legs and I still see a lot of excitement around it I mean obviously the excitement has died down but it's going to die down nobody's going to be hype all the time about it, but I still think there's a lot of people that are crazy about it. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Yep. 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 Well, there you go. Disney Lorcana cranking it out. We needed what a Lorcana segment on Meeple town. Maybe not. <laughs> a monthly Lorcana segment. That's not a bad. There we go. <laughs> all right. So I've got a uh, kind of quick news, I guess. This is something that's on Kickstarter right now. This is Kabuto Sumo Sakura Slam. You have talked about Kabuto Sumo in the past on this show. Um, it's a dexterity game where you are, um, it's like those old arcade machines where you like push the quarter and try to knock the other quarters down. This one, you're pushing these discs and trying to push the other uh, wrestlers out of the ring, correct? 
Correct. Yeah, just a little coin pusher. You're trying to coin pusher. To win. That's right. Yep. Yep. Trying to push your person out or whatever other victory condition, depending on what match you're playing, because there you've got lots of expansions that change the game around some. Yeah. So this one, some of the some of the big differences is I would say the biggest difference maybe is the ring itself. So in the initial Kabuto Sumo, you've got that round wrestling ring. And this one, it is a squared off wrestling ring with this little notch platform thing that kind of pushes into that as well. You've also got these little wooden posts so that there becomes a little bit more strategy in this and how you're pushing them. You can kind of control, have a little more control in like the direction that you're pushing the pieces. Um, you've got different wrestlers in this. They have announced during this Kickstarter that they have, um, uh, I'm not seeing it on here now, but the Lazy Susan for the game. And I'm, I'm not sure if that is a separate, yeah, Spinning Deluxe Wooden Sumo um rings no that's not it that's just a solid wood there we go um yeah yeah the so the deluxe sumo ring replaces your punch board arena with wood and it sits on top of the metal lazy susan and so you can spin the whole arena around i i would imagine that would be a very appealing thing to this so that you can kind of have a little more control over you know the direction you're pushing and seeing how things are going so i'm i'm excited about that I don't think, Darren, that I'm going to back this one. Um, even though I really want to play it, I just I can't back everything. And, you know, we we get a lot of games. That's part of my New Year's resolution is playing some of the old stuff. But if I were buying new things, this would be one I would consider because I think my family would really like this one. You can go with all the new stuff. You get the base game expansion promo. You get the deluxe sumo ring, two of those, and then um, a plushie for $89. Without all the like fancy stuff, you can get it for fifty four, and then just like the base game itself is is thirty nine. With there, you get this little promo um, piece that goes along with every pledge. But if you want to go all in on everything, um, so the base game times two, the expansion times three, promo times three, deluxe sumo ring times two, Kabuto plushie, that's one hundred and forty nine dollars, as opposed to the retail version of this, which would cost you one ninety two. So there's a big savings on this one. And I think, again, I've not played it, but it looks like with the components is you're really getting your money's worth uh, because the component quality is really high. That's a lot for a game and I would want everything for it. So I'm, I'm going to pass on this, even though I don't think it's a bad deal. I just think it's not something that I personally am going to do, but you've played it. So are you going to back this? You know, I really would love to. I, I really enjoy the the first one. It is a fun little dexterity game you can bring out with anybody, and it's good for a, it's good for a laugh and some smack talking and all that. But and when I looked at the price of this one again, if I'm going to do this, I want I want all of it, and I just feel like this is way too expensive for me for a game that's going to play similar to what I already have. And so, like kind of like you you mentioned your your resolutions your goals for this year and one of those for me i'll go ahead and mention that now is i don't i really don't want to buy a game unless it's one that i think can make my top 100 we might explore that later and so i'm really trying to back off on what i am buying this would be great i'd love to have it this may end up on like a christmas list for somewhere for someone else to pick up for me but i have a hard time spending because if i was to do this i would get the 54 dollars one and i just feel like that's way too much to spend when there's other new games and various stuff I'd like to to pick up or that I know hmm. we're coming down the line. So it's hard to spend right now. Yeah. 
But if you're interested in this, I, I think it, it seems like it would be a lot of fun, seems like a good value on all this. That would be worth checking it out. That is Kabuto Sumo, the that line, but specifically the Sakura Slam. Kickstarter is going on right now for about another week after this episode drops. And with, yep, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, we got another got, piece. We, we, have, we have one more news thing to, to share if you think we got time for it. If not, we'll oh, yeah. scrap it. Okay, so uh, one last thing about Kabuto Sumo. I will say this: if you are, if you've not played this, this is this is a great game. Jump in and get this; it's a blast. You know, uh, if you've already got it, I don't know that you need it. Uh, two quick card games to mention, real fast, before we wrap up here. One, Dean, I know you're excited about this one. Avalon Hill has announced a spinoff from the classic Betrayal at House on the Hill. This is. Betrayal Deck of Lost Souls, a standalone card game that they say is a speed run of terror and chaos in a portable pack. And it's going to launch in March. And they promise more information to come out in February. And as far as I can tell, that's all we know other than a beautiful picture of just a deck of cards and a lovely foiled box. Um, Yeah, I know you're super excited about this, whatever it may be. Yeah, I am uh, more intrigued right now than anything. Uh, you know, I, I really like this game a lot. We play it every year. Typically, we play it every year. I I think I expected a little bit more of something in what you're getting. It's I don't have any like I don't have any information based uh, on the stuff that came out. I've seen some other like articles that came out, but still no more than showing that deck of of cards. But you don't see any of the cards inside of it, so. Yep. Call me, call me intrigued. Call me interested, but that's where I'll, I'll just stay right there now. Um, I'll call you whatever I want. Okay. You can call me whatever you want, but that is how I feel about this game. Yeah. It's it's interesting. So we'll see. I'm fun to see. I'm, I'm curious to see, um, the fun they can create with a deck of cards, exploring a house and there still being some type of trader in there. So how they, how it feels like the actual game with the deck of cards really does sound intriguing. So I'm right there with you. Hopefully it is great, but I know this next card game I'm going to mention, I have a lot of, I have real good feelings about this one from the people from the company that brought you the crew mission deep sea and the quest for planet nine. Cosmos brings you The Gang, a classic game of poker with a cooperative twist. They promise, whoa, twist. What? With a cooperative <laughs> twist. Yep. I'm not going to edit that out, by the way. That's fine. It's, it's getting really cold <laughs> in here. My mouth and tongue are starting to freeze. I can't quite articulate. But they promise fast rounds and high stakes and a gameplay that's based on Texas Hold'em. So, and I'm just going to read this right off of their product page there. It says, round up your gang and get ready to pull off a series of bank heists using the power of poker. In this innovative cooperative version of a poker game, players bet on how good they think their hand of cards will be relative to the other players, and then try to make their predictions a reality. Early in the round, without talking to each other, each player is going to choose a chip, indicating how good they think their hand is. Then they begin dealing cards in the middle of the table, and have a chance to reassess their hands as more cards are revealed. At the end of the round, players see if they correctly evaluated their hand. If all players did, you get to open one of the bank vaults. 
If not, you trip the alarm. If you manage to open tree, I'm sorry, if you manage to open three vaults before you trip the alarm three times, your gang wins. Hmm. See, I, I don't know, man. I like the crew. It's not one of my favorite trick-taking games, but I do like it a lot. This sounds pretty cool. Hmm. It sounds exciting. Yeah, I'm excited well, about that. I, 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 will, uh, I will be checking that one out for sure. If you like cooperative poker and the crew, more info on this is coming soon. The game itself is coming 2024, sometime this summer. Excellent. Mm, and this is just the start of the year. We got some great news items going on. I'm excited. Very pumped. That is the news. All right, let's get on to talking about New Year's resolutions. Town meeting. Town meeting. Meeple Town, it is the beginning of a new year, and I know we are a few weeks into this, but um, we thought now would be a good time to sort of talk about, you know, what are your board gaming resolutions or goals or whatever you call them for the year? Do you have any? Do you make any? Uh, why or why not? This is something that Dean and I have been talking about for a while. I know other uh, people in board gaming media have discussed some of this already. And so we thought we would kind of bring everyone together to talk a little bit about this because I don't, I have some very mixed feelings about this topic, Dean. <laughs> and uh, we've talked about this some already. And in Meeple Town, I see in some of the different places where you've posted, whether that be in the guild or in the Discord. Uh, you have some similar thoughts. And so my whole thought on this topic to begin with, I feel like echoes a lot what Steve O'Rourke already said in the Discord. One of the things that he said was not resolutions, but goals. And Steve, I am right there with you. When we talk about resolutions, I often have like this baggage that kind of comes up in my brain. The connotation of that word sounds like something that people set aside as something they're going to do, but then quickly fail at and then feel guilty and shamed about and then just scrap and never do it. You know, there's something about that word that I think kind of carries that that feeling. So I like what you're saying there, Steve. Goals. Goals kind of implies there's an end to this and it's something that I'm working towards. And so when we're having this conversation, that's kind of what I'm thinking about are more goals, not necessarily resolutions. So some of Steve's goals for this year are to move games that he's not going to play, move them to people who will play them, and to get some some gateway games um, that he that his wife might like to play. Because he says Spots was a hit with him and he wants to get more games like that for them to play. See, I love that. That's a good, achievable, kind of measurable goal that there's not going to be any kind of guilt or, you know, guilt or shame around. So it's, yeah, I love that. Dean, what, what, just as we start thinking about uh, resolutions or goals or what have you, um, how are you approaching this, this topic? I think if you don't set resolutions, um, you're too soft on yourself. And I think you need to even be harder. I think you need to heap more <laughs> shame on yourself. Is that what you want me to say? Sure. If that's how you really feel. <laughs> No, I agree. I agree with what you and Steve are saying. I, I think that is a better way to approach it. It's a better way for me to approach it anyway. If if you if you have to do that for yourself, so be it. You know, if that's what you want to do is set those hard resolutions, which, you know, like you said, it it's connotates the that firmness um or the the uh 
I don't know, there's more solidness to that than the goals of, you know, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to aim towards this direction, but I might not get the goal, but I'm, that's, that, that is the goal. I'm going to, I'm going to shoot for it. So yeah, I think that's helpful. And I think that's a good goal, Steve. And I think that's going to go hand in hand with what I'm going to say a little bit later as well of, of your goal of playing some, you know, maybe some lighter games, play things with people that you love that you want to play games the most with, even if it's not necessarily the thing that you want to play. Not that you don't want to play those lighter games. I'm just saying maybe shift that so that you can play with the people that you love the most. I like it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I know in some ways when we're talking about resolutions and and goals, we're probably are, you know, splitting hairs, talking about semantics and all that. But just so you know, Meeple Town, that's sort of the the mental space where we're kind of coming from. And so we're going to kind of ping pong back and forth here. Dean's going to read some of the stuff from the guild and I'm going to read some stuff from Discord, uh, sharing your thoughts. We can keep this kind of conversation going. So we got Jamie Epstein, who Jamie is a friend who recently on Facebook said, and I quote, Tron is better than Marvel and better than Star Wars. Can you believe that? That he would say that? Wow. Yeah, that's not his goal. (laughs) My circuits are overloading there, Jamie. (laughs) That was a loose quote, by the way. It wasn't an exact quote. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe I got some facts wrong in there, but you know. Give him a hard time about that in the guild, I think, and in the. Hey, uh, I, I, I think he's on the Discord too. I do like Tron, but wow, very bold. <laughs> he just thinks that Disney's giving them more love, and they need to give Tron more love. And so, anyway, his hey, resolution: Tron, Tron oh, Three is on its way. Tron Three that's, is coming. That's where this came from. Yep. Bring All it. Right. I didn't even know there's a Tron Two, but let's go. All right, so what Jamie says is he made it really nerdy. He said his resolution, which, by the way, I think is cool. His resolution is to hit a target H index. Now, I didn't know what this was, but he explained it. Your H index is the X number of games that you've played X times. I'm currently at 14, and it's a stretch. But I want to hit 20 by the end of 2024. It gets tough thinking about how many plays that is. And then he's heard of people with with numbers like 58, uh, which... He mentioned Steph Hodge, uh, and I know he games with that group sometimes, and so she very well could have that. But I think that's interesting. So playing an X number of games X times, so you can play two games two times, you can play, he's up to 14, 14 games 14 times. That's interesting. I really like that. It's not a goal that I'm even going to attempt to uh, to reach because I that – the idea is really cool, but I don't want to lock myself into that. And I'm afraid I would, but I think it's neat. Wow. 58. Mind blown. <laughs> 58 games, 58 St- times. Steph, you're a beast. I don't know if that um, was Steph. He just mentioned like, oh, okay. he plays a lot of games. Gotcha. All righty. Well, over in the Discord, Wicked Cool Sean, uh, I won't read his entire story, but it's it's beautiful. If you're on the Discord, go in and read as he's trying to type this. It continues to be interrupted by UPS and FedEx dropping off more games because his actual resolution is going to always have a game set up on the spare table and to get more shelves because he continues, continues to buy more games. That is a, a resolution or a goal I can get behind more shelves. I had this conversation with, with my wife last night. We're about to be empty nesters this next year. How can we convert the youngest kid's room into a game room with more shelves? I'm with you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Uh, so BJ from Board Game Gumbo uh, says his resolution has been for the past few years has been to play 200 different games. Um, so that includes at least 100 to 150 new games each year. And that's been fun for him. But now he wants to focus on games that he likes. And so his goal is to play more of those games like Concordia, Beyond the Sun, which I know has been one of BJ's absolute favorites over the last uh, well couple of years that it's been out. The T games, Garfield games, to play all those multiple times and, and other games that he enjoys quite a bit. I like it. I like that goal. Play the games you love a bunch. There you go. As long as you're enjoying it, no worries. Nickelibrium over on the Discord says he just really wants to play more games. Said he loves playing, but rarely gets a chance to do that. And it doesn't care whether it's solo or with friends or, you know, whatever. He'd love to pull his wife and kid into it, but that's a little trickier because his wife doesn't really like the game and his son is six. So it's kind of tricky at the moment, but that is that is the goal to play some more games. I hear you. Nick, also, I, a little bit later in that conversation, Darren, I think, had said something about a goal of wanting to play uh, Queen's Gambit with me. Queen's Gambit, you are is right. that right? Yep, yep. Is that the name yep. of that game? Queen's okay. Gambit. That's the Star Wars game that yeah. is out of print right now. Who owns that? Do you or does he own that one? No, he owns that one. Very yeah. nice. That's what he's been trying to lure me down to Huntsville so I can play that with him. <laughs> and I am, I'd be all over that. So I, I like that. I If we can make it happen, I'm going to try my hardest to, to be able to do that. Uh, Evan Halbert says, no real resolutions, but my goal is to sign at least one more game this year, which I think is a great goal because Evan is a great designer and I would love to see what he has in store for us. Now, he did another one that's coming out this year, I believe, the card game. What is that? Bah, bah Humbug? What is that one called? I think something along those lines, but I'm excited to see uh, what he has in store and to hear more about the games he's working on. So great goal. Yep, I'm looking forward to that one too. Eric W. says his goal is to uh, spend some more time leaving comments on BGG. Just really appreciates what the the site does and how it helps and uh, really wants to leave some more comments. I think that's good. I think we need more positive commenting on on BGG. That never hurts. But uh, yeah, good goal to to give back some there to the community. I like that. Now, he didn't say positive comments. so just <laughs> Well, I'm just assuming because Eric just sounds like a really positive guy. Eric is a positive guy. He encourages us a lot and I, I appreciate that. So I'm, yep. I think that is, that's fantastic. I love that. I, I try to make sure that I give a lot of thumbs up on there. I know I don't do a great job, but it is nice. Like when we post our episodes that come up, I only do that just because I want you know new people to be able to see what we have going out. And that seems to be the best way to do it. You don't get a lot of thumbs doing that. I don't need them. It's fine. But it is nice when you do have episodes that get a lot of thumbs. So I, I appreciate that yeah. that encouragement. Sydney, aka Salsa King, Sydney S from Canada, says that his resolution is tried to revamp the evening routine such that there is at least 30 minutes of dedicated game time with his five and a half year old son. And he's been doing well, uh, son's been doing well, getting excited with number block. Uh, number blocks episodes so that math might actually be strong enough for some lighter games. Here's to hoping that he enjoys game time. There's a lot of really cool games that, that work well for that age range. Um, you wouldn't mm-hmm. think so. I mean, four and a half is pretty young, but there's games out there designed that uh, like go away monster. You can play with your two year old and three year old. And so for 
uh, Monza is a big one that we played and chicken cha cha cha. There's some really cool games out there. So I, I love that they're, they're making sure that they have that dedicated game time for, um, uh, for their four and a half year old son that will pay dividends. And I really believe that just kind of forcing your kids is the way to do it. <laughs> I, was telling Darren, I, I was telling John actually, or somebody last night, I just tell my kids, we're going to go play a game and don't give them the option to say no. And they usually have a good time. But if I give them the option, they're going to say no. So little little trick of the trade from a dad who has some sons who play games on occasion with him. Authoritative parenting. Okay. Yeah, it works. Yeah. <laughs> so Nate over on Discord says his goal is to play at least once all of his unplayed owned games. So he's got a BG stats challenge set up for that and thinks that'll lead to a great culling later on in the year. But first needs to play them. And again, see, this this would be hard for me to say something you know, to play all of the owned unplayed games because I keep buying more games. I feel like I can never I can never keep up with that. But then he solves that too by saying his resolution is to stop buying games and instead use math trades to acquire wanted games. So there you go. Again, very bold, very gutsy. Good luck with that, Nate. I like that. And Peter Schott has the exact same goal, really, is, mm. is to... Um, not really, again, not really resolution, but wants to play more of the unplayed games. He's making progress on it, but they tend to go back to the the family favorites, which I think is good. You know, again, play what you enjoy playing. Sometimes it can be stressful thinking, I've got to get all these games played. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, but I, I like that goal. Speaking of playing games, uh, Colin Edgar says... Um, not really a hard set goal, but wants to play each game in his collection multiple times. Uh, still has a relatively small collection, but would like to play those and get those done. And especially when we want to play with more people, not just his family, even me, because we live so close together. Colin lives here in, uh, in Lafayette. And um, I know he and his family are big fans of Lost Ruins of Arnak. And I'm actually holding off playing that game because... I want to play it with uh, with Colin and his family. So good luck, Colin. Yeah, man. Give me a shout. Let's make that happen. Mm, that's a great game. Man, I love that game. That should have been one I added to my list. We'll, we'll get to that <laughs> later, too. All right. We have uh, went away a little bit, but um, Michael Davis said that he's wanting to do two different challenges this year. And these are challenges that are listed on, on Board Game Geek. And the first one is the 2024 Board Game Arena Challenge. And the other one is the 2024 Seasons and Holiday Challenge. So the Board Game Arena Challenge has these different levels. So level one is play 12 different games. And then all the way up to the Insane Level 8, and it's actually, it's called Insane, play 500 different games on Board Game Arena. That is quite the challenge. I like it. I like it. it the good thing about doing a big challenge like that is on, on board game arena is you you've got some games on there that you can play pretty quickly seven wonders uh what is it called architects and uh can't stop or a couple on there that i like to play just to knock out games very quickly there's some others on there like that but th- those are some that I, I think go by very quickly and then the other one is the 2024 seasons and holiday challenge um, which has its own uh, ton of like rules on here, but um, I, I kind of go through these real quick, I guess, but you got to have plays from 2024. You can't count the same game twice. Uh, cannot use just uh, card words from a game, yada, yada, yada. 
The games can be played any time of year. It does not have to be played at a certain season or holiday. If you play a Christmas game in the summer, it still counts. Um, but they're just challenges of how many games you're going to play. So like easy is 12 and obsessed is 48. So I, I think that's cool. Again, it, if that brings you happiness in this hobby, then go for it. I like it. I like that they have challenges set up on there on BGG too. I think that's cool. Yep, that's very neat that they have some ways to help people get through some of that. That's cool. Sounds interesting. Hoppities says, um, again, similar to what others have said, wants to play every game in their collection at least once, especially those that are unplayed. Absolutely a great, great goal to start working towards there. Also on Discord, Ryan D says, not sure if it's too late to reply. Obviously not. He threw this in here and said his personal resolution for board games is that he would like to get more friends into board games this year. Small group of friends that plays with, but wants to bring some coworkers along as well and maybe get them beyond some of the the other party games that they're that they're already used to playing. Um, also wants to join some of the board game nights and meetups at a local game store. I like that idea too. That's something that I, I would also want to at some point make an effort to, to join some of the board gaming nights at the local game store. It's just hard to do sometimes with the schedule. Uh, one more on the discord. Meredy says 2023 was a good year from playing games with friends and local board game groups. And her goal for this year is to appreciate the games they already own and give them upgrades. This is right up your alley, Dean. Uh, oh, I know. I commented add, on this one. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay. I haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Um, so yeah, looking at adding stickers and organizers and yeah, she sh- um, they show off some of the vinyl stickers there for the parks tokens. That looks pretty cool. Um, and I'll actually, I found one more, one more D25. This must've been added today. Uh, D25 says for this year, moving into a new house in a couple of weeks, they're going to have a table large enough to actually play some games with multiple people. So the goal is to get in at least one monthly game night. And also has talked with a local coffee shop about starting game night there as well. Man, I love that, D25. All right, now I'm ex- uh, here's what I care most about, Darren. I want to hear I want to hear Darren's goals. <laughs> I don't care about the rest of Meeple Town. No, I'm just kidding. I love hearing all of those, but I do want to hear, I've, you and I have been talking a lot about this. I've been going back and forth on a ton of this, but I, I want to hear your thoughts. Obviously, I feel like, you know, we talked about in the last episode getting those five games off of our shelf of opportunity. You know, that would be number one. That's a goal that's going to happen this year. I can feel it. I feel very good about that. But outside of that, uh, one of my goals is to play a game every day. I know that sounds crazy and daunting, but not if it's just a goal. You know, this is something that, that I'm going to work toward. And that's play a game every day, not necessarily finish a game every day, but just to play one every day. If I have it in the back of my mind that I want to get a little gaming in each and every day, most days that's going to happen. And so far I've hit most days. There's been some days that I've not been able to do that, but you know, that's okay. And the words of St. Benedict always begin again. And I love that. There's no pressure. There's no, you know, I have something that I intend to do. I didn't quite get it done. That's okay. I can just kind of restart and, and do that. I feel like that applies in gaming and in all aspects of life. Just about. So, so yeah, playing a game every day is another one of, of mine. Okay. So the first one is kind of weird because I, 
I don't want to get locked into this one. That's that's the I don't want to be stressed out about this. Uh, maybe that don't should stress. be the first one. Is well, okay. So that, that my second one that I have written in our notes is is to make gaming fun. Not necessarily make gaming fun, but just like don't forget that it is supposed to be fun, you know. And so if I start thinking about here's why. Okay, I keep my my game stats. I keep up with the games that I play. What I don't keep up with is who I've played games with or the uh, like the amount of time it took to play the game. I don't keep up with who won the game. Any of that, all I want to know is the games that I play just so that I remember, oh yeah, I've played that one or I played that one uh, five times or whatever, okay? I, even though I'm not even great at that, so those numbers aren't even really you know, perfect. But I don't want to get locked into being stressed out about any of those things. So anything that's going to cause stress in gaming, I don't want to be a part of that. If it is, you know, I've, I've got to get this video done at this time, which means I've got to play this game so many times or, you know, for a review. Some of that we can't help, but some of it I don't want it to be like locked into that. Okay. With that being said, I have a 20 by 5 list. <laughs> this is, you've heard like the 10, the 10 by 10 challenges of playing 10 games 10 times or 20 by 5, so playing 20 games 5 times. I have this, but I, I did it kind of in a weird way. I was thinking about, I'll go through those games really quickly, even though I don't think this is my final list yet. Part of it I was thinking, these are some of these are solo type games that... I want to play some campaign games. Some of these might be solo. They might be with my kids, but I want to make sure that I'm playing them multiple times and enjoying getting immersed in the story. Okay. And then the other ones are just ones that I know that I love. I know that my wife loves and we can play together. One of the things we were talking about the other day is making sure that we play games that, that we don't have to, she doesn't have to relearn the rules to. I want to do that a lot more. And so recently, like with this whole snow break, we played tapestry a game that I know she likes quite a bit, but we haven't played in a while. And so she kind of had to relearn and remember some of those rules. And if you look at tapestry, especially with the expansion stuff thrown in there, it's a lot to look at. And so we're going to play that more. We're going to play Everdale more. She knows how to play that and loves it. Um, Glenmore two, we played um, two nights ago. I know she loves that game. We can explore some of the expansion stuff with it, but she doesn't have to relearn tons of rules to be able to play that. Okay. So let me read through this list real fast. And that's all I'm going to do. Yep. I might do some explaining as we go, but like Everdale Tapestry, Glenmore 2, Foundations of Rome, Village, Castles of Burgundy, Lords of Waterdeep, Planet Unknown, and World Wonders. Okay. I'm going to stop there. That's one through nine. Those are games that I know that my wife really enjoys and I also really enjoy. So we can play those. Okay. World Wonders is a new one that Darren taught us. We played that uh, last week and Still love it. That's a really fun game. Thank you, Darren, for teaching us that. That was a lot of fun. All right. Well, these other ones, Heat is another one I think that she would like, but she has not played that one, but I can also play that one solo and I really enjoy it. I've got finishing up the Legacy of You campaign, which I don't have even five games left. I've just got maybe three, I think. But uh, anyway, I, I plan on playing that five times. Seventh Continent. Hoplomachus Victorum, which is the only one that I've not played on this list, but I have it, and I want to make sure that I play that enough times to enjoy it. Dorf Romantic, Trudvon Legends, which I've dug a little bit into. Same thing with Descent, Star Wars, Imperial Assault, Lord of the Rings, uh, Journeys in Middle-Earth, Splendor and Dominion. I've already got, and that's all iterations of Splendor and Dominion. I've already got like 
three uh, plays of Splendor, maybe more than that. Some of it was a little before Christmas. So if we're starting the new year, I might just have like two or three of Splendor. So that's that's my other, that's my next piece. I feel like one of my goals is is very similar to that, is that idea of revisiting old games, especially ones that uh, my wife, Cindy, likes to play. And, and, and I, I plan on doing this is doing that like once a month. You know, and I really want to focus on one, some of the games that she likes, which are going to be mostly Euros. She likes those a whole lot more than I do typically. And and also, especially with those that have some unplayed expansions. And so some of our games, you know, might be might be similar. I'll, I'll read the, a quick list of ones I jotted down here. And I think, again, if it's at least once a month, I'll have 12 games. We'll get these done. This would be games like Notre Dame, Everdale, because we have all the expansions and haven't really played with any of that yet. Dinosaur Island. Uh, likes that one, the totally liquid, ex- totally liquid expansion. We haven't played with Seven Wonders and all its expansions. Early on and its expansions. Glenmore Two Chronicles and all the Chronicles. Taverns of Tiefenthal, of course, can't have a list without taverns. <laughs> Endless Winter and its extra expansions. Grand Austria Hotel, it's got a new one. I have tons of Marvel Champion stuff and Arkham Horror, the card game stuff, I've not played with and really want to get through and explore some of that. And then just some of our favorites that we we like to talk about and play, but never really have gotten back to. Two of those for me are Ankh and Cyclades, and also Witchstone is a is a Canizia Euro point salad that we both enjoy. So that's just a quick list of some stuff that I want to go back to and get at least one of those done every month, um, especially with her and especially with those expansions. So yeah, kind of a similar deal there. I like that. Okay, my next one is... I want to play more games. I put a list of names on here. This isn't an exclusive list. It's just, these are some people that I know that I would love playing games with, or I do love playing games with. And I just want to make sure that I take more of an opportunity to do that. And so I want to play more games with Darren. He and I are trying to plan some things out. We live in, uh, I don't know, what's the distance? 10, 10 hours away? How far away are we? <laughs> Eight, we're, six? We're six hours. Six hours. <laughs> Nailed it. It takes First me 10 try. to get in, to Michigan uh, and you're in Indiana. So yes, yeah. six hours, but that's it. A pretty big distance. We have to make big efforts to be able to play games together in person. Jonathan is just up the road. Uh, he lives 20 minutes away, 24 minutes with no traffic, I think. But I, I usually can't make it to his game nights, but I want to make more of an effort to make it to those because I love going to them. It's a great group of people, and I just, it's hard. It's hard right now with my job and school, uh, with like my wife's school and my kids' school and activities and all that. It's difficult, but Jonathan's got another baby coming, and so it's going to be even harder in the spring and summertime, so I'm going to try. He and I are already working on some times to play games together. Steven, we got together and played Yido the other night. I want to make more opportunities to do that. John, Johnny Meepletown, I don't know if I'll ever play a game with him again, but I'd like to. Um, <laughs> Sean, you heard us talk about Wicked Sean earlier. Sean's got amazing games and he's an amazing person and we got to get together and game more. Matt and Selena, you've heard us talk about them on the show. Uh, it's been a little while, but I love playing games with them. Uh, Selena's, she's a gamer uh, big time and Matt also loves gaming. So it's it's a ton of fun. We enjoy playing games with them. Usually the last couple times that's involved playing with Johnny Meepletown and his wife as well. So it's a, it's a twofer if I can get them to play some more games. Um, so just playing games with the people that I love. There's obviously more people on that list. I've got so many friends. It's ridiculous, Darren. But these are some <laughs> of the ones that I, I want to make sure that I'm intentional about playing games with them. 
and the rest of you losers that aren't on that list that he didn't name, uh, you know, sorry about you because he obviously doesn't care for you that much. He calls you friends, friends in name only. In my mind, I didn't put them down, but uh, or write their names down. But my family too. Um, we play different games. We have a ton of fun playing games. We just do that when we get together at at gatherings, anyways. So that's why I didn't mention them. But we're going together to Florida to stay at a house this summer, and I'm excited about that because I think we're going to get some fun gaming in then. And uh, so yeah, that's it's going to be a good year for gaming. Way to backpedal. Okay, one that I've already mentioned <laughs> is uh, I only want to buy games that might make my top 100. You know, I'm running out of space. Uh, I just want to keep it simple. And if, if it's not one, sorry, Kabuto Sumo, that's probably why I'm not going to back you. Uh, I just want to keep things simple and not um, overdo it if I don't have to. If it looks like it might make the top 100, then so be it. And so since I've already mentioned that one, my last one is going to be, and this really hit me on the drive into the office today, I want to have a community game night. Like where we, Dean, you inspired me with this. Um, I forget a year or two ago it was, you were talking about a game night you had at your wife's school uh, for the community, invited them in and had some stuff games. And and I don't know how many times y'all have done that. I know you did it at least once. I feel like our, our church does a lot of stuff for the community around it during the school year. And right now, I can't remember if we have any community events in the summer. I think that's when we take kind of a break. And so part of me feels like that might be a good time to sort of step in and try to host some community game nights. we got a local game store in the area just right across the street from our church building. And just maybe a way either going someplace or inviting people there to just, again, create some space, get some of our students to help out and be a part of that. I think that would be a great way to just be with people uh, enjoy gaming. And again, like kind of our tagline says, kind of help build some community there. So yeah. And a lot of that, again, I think started with, started with you. I appreciate that, that I'm literally Darren, I'm texting my wife right now to ask her principal, if we can get a date on the calendar to do mm. another game night. Cause it's been too long since we've done that. So, mm. um, uh, night date, Okay. I had to finish sending that text. Otherwise <laughs> I would forget to do it, but I, I, I love that. I, I love that. We were able to get really several people, I think, into the hobby by doing that. Yeah, I, I think so. Anyway, I had some people reach out and say that they, um, that they started playing more games with their family and told my wife that they were, um, uh, uh, they were a family, whole family after we did that went up to game point and spent the whole day together yeah, I want, I want to do that more. So I am I'm working on that literally right now so that I can get the ball rolling on that. Hopefully we'll get something going on in March or April. It's a big endeavor, but it is worth it, I think. It's it's a lot of fun. Sweet. Along with that, and this is this is uh part of my goal too is hosting more game nights. I feel like we we host a decent amount of things at our house. Um whether that's with church or with, you know, students that we work with or friends, family, we host a decent amount of things and you know, people know that we're big gamers, but we don't host a ton of game nights. And part of the reason why we got our board game table and bought the house that we did that has a dining room really kind of dedicated to gaming, not to dining. We don't usually eat in there. We usually play games in there. That is, uh, we, we want to do more of that. I'd like to do some more theme 
type nights too. I think that would be a lot of fun. And uh, sometimes that might just be like a game night with, you know, Steven and his family coming over, but might just be me and Steven playing or, you know, starting a campaign game with his family. We, we enjoyed playing through pandemic legacy. I'd like to play through tickets to ride legacy with them. Um, but hosting more of those game nights, that's going to be on my radar and trying to, I would like to at least do once a month, but I'm not going to lock myself into that. I'm just going to be more intentional about planning some of that. Yep. That sounds great. Uh, I love the idea of hosting game nights. We've tried off and on to do some of that and schedules and those kind of things make it difficult, but yeah, same. I love that. I want to do more of that. Uh, I appreciate when we were there for Christmas, you know, and usually, usually we meet at game point, but y'all had us out to, to your house. And uh, I got to experience the gaming table and the gaming dedicated dining room firsthand. And uh, that's great. It's a great space for it. Yeah. So I hope, I hope all that works out. And we're lovely people, right? I mean, oh, we're... absolutely. No question. <laughs> Your wife more lovely so. than you. I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah. Nobody would disagree with that. I, I, I think that's absolutely <laughs> right. But, um, you know, and maybe you and I can kind of work towards some of these things together to, um, you know, I would love, it's it's more difficult because you're farther away, but figuring out a time that you're going to be in town and then being intentional about planning something, doing a game night at, at game point. When we've done that, uh, Johnny Meepletown and I have done that a couple times in the past, but it's been a minute. Uh, I know Sean's got to experience that, uh, but there's a, a lot of people in the Nashville area that that are listeners, or even, even if they're not listeners, friends of the show, like Meeple Mountain. Um, Andy's fantastic and that, that crew, the local crew of Meeple Mountain people are, are great. So I'd like to maybe connect with Andy and maybe do some more, um, of those type of events. He does them all the time. He's, he crushes it. Uh, but I don't. And so I need to, I need to be better about that. I want to be better about that. So there you go. Yeah. I feel like if Meeple Town, if we had as a, uh, channel, had some some goals. I know we haven't really talked about this, but part of me feels like too that we've sort of talked about is that, like you said, like having that kind of Meeple Town meetup sometime during the year where we can get together and invite other people that may be around. We go somewhere and we have a meetup in some shape, form, or fashion with other residents, as well as going to, and this may or may not connect with what I just said, going to another con together and being able to to do that, whether that be PaxU or Essen or whatever the case may be, you know, that would be phenomenal. Yeah. Well, these are some great, these are some great goals, Darren. Is this it? Is that it? Is that all we got? I, f- I feel good about this. Meeple Town, thank you for your input. Really appreciate it. We want you to shame us hardly if we have not. <laughs> uh, make us feel bad about ourselves if we don't reach these goals that we've set for ourselves. Actually don't, but we hope that you will, you know, even at least kind of think through some of this. Maybe there's some, some uh, things that you would like to accomplish this year. And I'd say go, go for it, right? Don't put off today. Don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. Is that applicable? Or some other, you know, poster something saying that like I can that. say right now. Carpe diem, <laughs> something along those lines. Get her done. You know, all of those things. <laughs> uh, those are all applicable right now. But we thank you for listening to this episode. That's going to conclude 159. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can connect with us through all methods of social media and emailing and all of it their website uh, it's board game not board game geek it is meepletowngames.com all really all of our information is on there 
Thank you for all of our Patreon supporters, as well as our Buy Me A Coffee supporters. Connect with us on there if you'd like to be so kind as to donate to keep the show going. You can also connect with us on the Guild or Discord. That's Guild number 3407. Until next time, thanks for coming down to Meepletown. Later. Residents, we thought that might be a shorter episode. It was not. So as we get out of here and I shake these icicles off my beard, let me ask you one more question. What do you call a snowman's temper tantrum? What's that? A meltdown.